Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hello and welcome to another edition of ITN Podcast with me, Julian Godson. Today my guest is Daniel Dahl-Steinberg, who is a co-founder of Edenbase and also an EU and UK government advisor. Thank you very much, Daniel, for agreeing to come on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, well, there's two things. First of all, I got I to gotta be a bit lazy now, but in your LinkedIn, you have a really good quote. Um, seen a lot, done a lot, trying to make sense of it, working to ensure a beneficial cognitive revolution. What does that mean? I guess it's, you know, it's very difficult on LinkedIn. You've got to be very short. Um, you know, I'm relatively old now. Um, I've been around 53 years. Um, had a very interesting upbringing with some very successful parents. Went to very good schools, um, which didn't do very well for me. I was not an academic. I went to a reasonable university. And then got involved in the world of finance um, in the early days of derivatives which meant that I was immediately thrust into a very disruptive environment. You know, the, the derivative industry started in the late 80s. I was involved in the early 90s, building all this stuff that completely revolutionized finance. Um, I ended up in New York, where I, at a quite a young age, in my mid-20s, I saved a bank from being shut down by the banking committee. Um, and, you know, an enormous role, very political, very interesting, which I really loved. And then got involved in disruptive tech from properly doing it myself in the late 90s, um, revolutionized the gaming, software, um, entertainment industries, and then got involved in advising the EU completely by random. I was a special advisor to the European commissioners, um, which lasted from around 2006, seven to the early 2010s. Um, then was asked by the British government to help them understand the EU because I was actually on the inside. Um, got very involved in the financial crash of 2007-8, advised Brown, Barosi, Sarkozy on coming out of that and got involved in writing the innovation report for the British government. Um, and then got involved in investing in companies, got involved in blockchain and built a very big blockchain company in tokenization, which was an interesting experience, particularly because we wanted to do it right in an age of everyone doing it, you know, in, in the way that suited them. Um, so I've seen a lot, you know, I, you know, I've had this very broad experience. The last project I was in, the Atari token project, I traveled the world, went to every country, never came home. So I have seen a lot. Um, and I, I don't think I've done as much as I've seen. So I wrote, I've done a bit, you know, so there are some things that I can point and say, I've done that, I've done that. And the last bit is, I'm trying to understand what it all means. And when I met Eric, um, who I'm working with on Eden Base about 18 months ago, two years ago now, almost two, 18, almost two years ago now, I said to him, you know, we're, you and I, we've done quite a lot in our lives, you know, between us, we've done some very interesting things. We know really a great deal about a lot of industries it's time for us to 
make sense of what we're doing and do something that helps the next generation. And that's really what Edenbase is about. I mean, it's a commercial operation. We'd like to, it to be very profitable, very successful, but it's really about, and this is what I convinced Eric was, let's put it back. Let's put everything back into the next generation. Let's create a level 39. Let's create a fund. Let's create a tech services industry that really help those companies that we've created in our past at the stage they really need to create it and not to allow them to be left behind. You know, we're going to go through this frontier technology revolution and the cognitive revolution. That means that in ten, less than 10 years, maybe five, six, anyone that's not using those technologies is going to be so badly disadvantaged, not badly disadvantaged like the internet. I mean, badly disadvantaged like the industrial revolution, i.e. you have a factory or you have people. You can't, you know, eventually the people just disappear. This is going to happen really quickly. So, so that's really what I was getting behind in that comment. Wow. Much, very interesting. I thought it was kind of a, it was an interesting comment. I thought, oh, it's nice, but there's more behind it, uh, thank you, than, than I first imagined. So you were saying that in 2016, that's when you said, right, I'm looking at blockchain, AI, I'm going to look at these disruptive technologies. Perhaps expand a bit more, and you've already touched on it, but why do you think they're important? Okay, well, just the background. Um, so in 2014 and 15, I was doing, my father unfortunately died very suddenly in 2012. And he was a really important person in my life. An, an incredible person, actually, you know, completely on a different scale to me. And after he died, I got involved with the whole process of, you know, what happens afterwards. And I started spreading myself really, really thin. You know, I was looking at so many projects. I was investing in companies. I was co-founder of four companies. I was very thin. And my father-in-law came to me in 2016, um, also a very great guy, man, um, very famous, great man. And he said to me, what are you doing with your life? You're focusing on nothing. You are doing everything just focus. And he's given me four pieces of advice in my life. The first one I did kicking and screaming. And it was a brilliant thing to do. The, the next two I ignored. And the fourth one, I thought, I'm not doing this again. He's obviously right. And, and just at that time was when I was investing with someone who taught me about the blockchain. So I was in the frame of mind to accept something. And one of the big mistakes I think I made is when I left um, banking in 90, late 90s, 98, 99, I should have gone to California. I was living in New York. I should have gone to California. All the ideas I wanted to build were internet related quite early on. And I came to the UK, which as a family was a great decision. You know, I'm pleased my kids went to a, a, a British. I love, I'm a first generation Brit, but I love Britain. And, but commercially, I think it probably was the wrong decision. So when someone explained the blockchain, I was in the second frame mind, which is thinking, you know, when you get older, you think, what did I do right and wrong? So it came at exactly the right time. The other thing is, I just saw immediately the potential for the blockchain, which is, you know, it's the tra it's transactions on the internet. It's what the internet did for information. This is going to do for finance, for, for transactions. That's such an enormous area. So, you know, I was right place, right time, thinking about it. And so created a group called Blockchain Smokers. Everything was very trendy in 2016. I have to ask you about um, that. Is, are you actual smokers or are you just cigar smokers or is it just a, a euphemism? 
it's another one of the things. My daughter loved a band called the Chainsmokers. I'd seen them once in concert, Blockchain Smokers. They were very big. It just seemed anarchic. Okay. And every event we went to as Blockchain Smokers, people say that's the coolest name here. So it was, a, it was I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a funny name. I don't use it very much anymore because it's sort of out of its time. But anyway, we created this thesis about how you create very good next frontier technology companies. Um, and I did it myself. I tested it with the Atari token. It became a phenomenon. And then I went to Eric and said, you know, let's take this thesis. Let's take what you're doing. Let's combine them and create the next generation. So um, I've had a few changes of mind on the blockchain. I think the blockchain is going to be a phenomenon, but I think it's a transitory phenomenon. I'm much more interested in how it fits in with the other frontier technologies, namely AI, um, AR, VR. I think it's a transitory technology that will allow AI to get through the next phase and then AI will take off and won't need blockchain. So you identify four different areas, four ver verticals that you're interested in. Which is the most important, entertainment, gaming, real estate or retail? What's the most important for you? To today, gaming. Gaming. because it's the fastest moving. That's why I did the Atari token project. Mm -hmm. Gaming has a refresh cycle of games, one and a half years, platforms five to 10, you know, in terms of the, um, the Apple store or the disc or the streaming. So it moves very fast. It's an area that's unregulated. And I mean that it doesn't need to be regulated. So innovation happens very, very quickly. And I believe in the long-term future of gaming as the stepping stone to something called the metaverse, um, which is now a very common name. I, I never really used it until recently, but the Atari token project was not called a metaverse project, but it is a metaverse project. And I think that as, as the cognitive revolution, as computers take over what we currently do, that is a very important future. And, you know, Elon Musk wants to go to Mars, but that, that, that requires two things. That requires a lot of money. It also requires a growing population. I mean, most science fiction is based on booming human populations. I'm not a, I'm not a believer in growing human populations. I think we're going to decline our population, actually, which means the expansion to the universe is less of a, of a, uh, a way forward. But it's also very expensive. So people, you know, you're not going to have 100 million people or a billion people moving to Mars and to other planets in, in, with our current tech. You know, might have a thousand or ten thousand. Um, if you're a billionaire, you can go into space. If you're a, if you're worth ten million, you can't get it. You don't get anywhere near it. But the the gaming metaverse, I think, is a new world for everybody. And you can create your own world. I, you know, if I'm really fascinated by high density water based worlds, or I like you know Camelot and night, I can I can find a world that appeals to me for the cost of a computer or a phone and I think that's so I'm really fascinated by that that isn't I've been looking at some of the different um, metaverse platforms and I was looking because I, I really want to have a stud farm here in in Ireland which is not that uncommon or whatever but given my you know the, the thing you made about money and and you know I don't have very much money so I made I want to do it in a metaverse I'm going that's how I could do it <laughs> and have my winning horses it'd be so cool so then tell me um Eden Base Edmunds, you've just finished a big competition. You've got, you're down to, from 20 different countries, you're down to 20 semi-finalists at the moment. I think maybe COVID maybe, maybe put that a bit off, off track a bit. Um, big names. What, what's the next stage for those 20 companies and how many will you eventually support in your incubator? 
Well, we'd like to support all of them in one way or another. <clears throat> so we, we had a very large number of uh, applications. We um, uh, refined it to 40 as, a, as a, the ones that met our general thesis. And then we handed it over to our judges. Um, sounds a bit like Jeremy Clarkson and his tamed motor race at the moment, but we handed it over to our, our judges. They uh, selected the top 20 which was really based on what they'd submitted to us and their websites. The next phase for us is a boot camp, which we were ideally going to do at the end of February physically, but we, this was back in September, we didn't expect second lockdown. Um, <clears throat> so now, unfortunately, we're doing it online and we're doing it at the end of March. I mean, unfortunately, the, and the online part because I'm a very physical person. So the, the next phase is to get it down to 10. Um, those 10 will all get something and the minimum they all will all get access to our ecosystem and the support that we would give to companies that we invest in which is our thesis um, the top two will get the same but get some investment as well um, of the top 20 we hope that all of the other 10 will you know one of the judges will like them we will mentor one of them they're already there's already one that um, we're looking at for another project because there's something we're working on. And that was very much part of the whole thing. We had this sort of um, fast track for companies that we felt we needed to do, do something with now. So that's really the way that we're looking at it. But, you know, we're a collaborative uh, community. It works with more people in it. And, you know, our thesis is, our thesis had been very much, we have two types of companies. We have the service companies and the portfolio companies, obviously the people in the competition are portfolio companies. And we would invest in all the companies and they would move in. We widen that to prevent echo chamber mentality. So we will have a lot of companies where we will invite into our ecosystem and we will do some sort of deal with them, but we won't invest in them and then we will monitor them. You know, there might be a project we don't understand very well or it's too early or, you know, there's we don't see where it fits in or we can't come to a consensus on investing in them, but we will still bring them in. They will still get access to all um, everything that we offer, and then we'll make a decision on investing in them and really super growing them later on. And just out of curiosity, what was the breakdown in terms of uh, founders in male, female? Was there, did you get many female founders in the, the last lot? We do have female founders. Funnily enough, I don't look at that. That's not really the way I operate. Um, you know, I look at found people based on the, on how good they are. You know, I... When I built teams, I tend to go and find people I really like. And it takes a long time. I, I, I go around the world finding people. In the last project I ran, the Atari Token, my direct team was all women. You know, it was three women. Uh, most of the team, unfortunately, reporting to the other people was men because it was very tech. It was very gaming heavy. You can't get many. But, you know, I, I and, it, and it didn't really, I didn't really notice they were all women. It's just those were the people that I found were the best that I, people I could find for the roles I needed to complete at the time and that would work with us. You know, there's always a give and take. So I don't really look at men and women differently I just I mean maybe you should but I just say so, great I mean, business I, I, great I, I, opportunity great this do that I think that there's a point where like the quota thing almost which is a very artificial way but you and then when you have that then it doesn't matter whether they're they're one-legged two-legged 
they've got hair, not hair, bald or mixed up. odds. No, I totally get that. Okay, my last question for well, you. Well, the to give you to give you an idea on that, the Eden based team is currently four people, four full time, four fullish time people, and they're two men, two women. Okay, so, very just cool. Just have it. That's cool. Uh, well, my last question for you then is on your again your LinkedIn profile. You have a picture of playing tennis with Richard Branson, and you're bumping. So I'm presuming it's a recent picture, as opposed to. Oh, is it an old one? Is it? I was going to say it's is it a two clear years bump? old. Two years old. Two years two, old. Okay, okay. Happened, but I, I, I thought it was the the COVID bump as opposed to shake hands. Who won? Who won the tennis? He did, um, but uh, to, to be fair on me, I hadn't played a match in twenty years. It was my first match. And well, he, he plays. All I happened to. He's a very good player, yeah. um, and um, it was a very interesting match. So it was doubles, as it happens. It happened to be a photo. I, they took a lot of photos when I was there, just generally, and that was the couple, one of the two they sent me. Um, it was a very special. The reason I have that picture is it was a very special event. Um, I went last minute because one of the women I was working with in the Atari project went, and she said, "You must come here," and I said, "No, I'm not coming." And then at the last minute, literally. On Friday night, I said, okay, I'm coming. And I was there on Sunday. Um, and it was a very special time. Um, I came away with three people that I would consider best friends. It was a, it was a very um, good time. But it was the, the specialness of it. And the reason I use that picture is um, NECA had been destroyed 18 months before. Mm-hmm. And we were the first people back on, which is why Richard was there all the time. It was the first time it opened since it had been destroyed. So it was the first ever game on the tennis court. I didn't realise it was actually on the island. Oh, I'm very doubly oh, yeah. jealous. Doubly jealous. Oh. Wow. Um, and But it was, a, it was a very good match. And the guy that I found to be my partner hadn't played, picked up a racket for seven years and was by far the best. I think he was a he was a professional at 18. And then when he was 18, he said to his father, I'm never playing again. And then I went out to find somebody for my doubles and he he won. He he made it not an embarrassment for me. Good. You always need a wingman like that. Thank you so much for your time indeed. Fascinating. I'm going to be watching the Eden base to see what happens with the last 10 and where they end up. Thank you indeed today, Daniel. Thank you very much, Gillian. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.